welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And we have Thomas Patrick Dorian. Howdy. Venerable Thomas here. I've never and said howdy. Howdy. I just had to say And it. you probably shouldn't say it again. Well, thank you. <laughs> and, and then we we have Ziggy Rodriguez. Howdy. Yes. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. And That's how we say howdy in my parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not going to start the country and western Catholic hour. It's not going to happen. Uh, so we have an interesting show today uh, because... There's a, a scripture verse that comes this time of year. Uh, when I say this time of year, whereas is we're kind of starting to uh, contemplate the end of the liturgical year. Uh, you'll start to hear the readings at Mass start to turn. Well, a lot of people think darker, right? We'll start talking about judgment and the end times and Jesus coming again, and um, and there's lots of uh, lots of uh, readings about judgment and about you know heaven or hell, right? What's your destination? And uh, lots of parables, you know, uh, about doing unto others and all these things that are things that we're supposed to be taking into account as we take into account how we've spent our life. And then in here, uh, we hear uh, this particular reading, uh, which is from the gospel according to Matthew. Uh, and it's essentially the, uh, the greatest commandment when he's asked, Jesus is asked about the greatest commandment. I, and I kind of want to set this up. By, uh, but just talking about what's around it in Scripture. So as we're getting, this is in the 22nd chapter of Matthew, and as we're getting um, at, at this point in Matthew, what's just happened is Jesus was confronted by the Sadducees who were trying to trip him up, right, about, uh, about what happens when you, when you die and this, the widow and all that kind of stuff. Uh, who she married to, and the resurrection, and whatever. And so he's doing that, and then this little uh, interaction happens with a Pharisee. And then, like, right after that, we start this, uh, all of these um, several things, because, like, chapter 23 in Matthew starts the seven woes. Woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. And basically, he's denouncing the Pharisees and the scribes in a big way, mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and this obviously doesn't make them happy. I mean, it's setting the stage for his uh, his own death. Um, and then there's like the lament over Jerusalem. There's the destruction of the temple foretold, the beginning of the uh, calamities, the great tribulation, the coming of the Son of Man. So that those are all the things that we're looking forward to just in the next several weeks uh, and what's happening in the gospel according to Matthew. But I, I'm telling you, this little um, this little interaction that he has with a Pharisee here, who's who's trying to trick Jesus, um, trap him, I guess it was using words. But this little thing is something that some of us write off because it's just it's about love, it's a love thing, you know. And it's just like people might trivialize this, and it's like, well, this is how you live your life. You live in love, and that's good. That's true. But I, I think there's some greater weight to all of this that we want to talk about. And let's, let's read that uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, starting at uh, verse, uh, chapter 22, verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? 
he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Uh, that's really, uh, you know, and again, it's short. Done. You know, it's Just all about love. love. Yeah. Sends a Pharisee on his way. Have a good day, sir. You know, <laughs> uh, and we sometimes don't think more about this. But I, there's a really powerful line that Jesus helps us to see that there's great weight and import to what he just said when he says the whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments and if you stop and think about it i don't know how many folks are doing the catechism in a year with father mike schmitz but we're uh, you know talking about the commandments there and you realize that the ten, 10 commandments are broken into two two basic groups Right, the first three commandments are really about our relationship with God, and then the remaining seven commandments are about our relationship with each other. And if you stop and think about it, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Right, the whole law and the prophets depend on these two: love God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, strength, etc., and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And so that, so that, you know, a lot of people again love is something that we will not trivialize but we we make it gushy and mushy and light and not having a lot of uh weight to it we feel love and we feel strong and when we fall out of love or whatever have whatever phrase you use we feel betrayed and and love is important to us and yet jesus is saying that that basically love of god and love of neighbor is the basis for all human interaction in, in existence, mm-hmm. and that we're called we're called to that, and, and there's just, just there's just a lot of uh, a lot of weight to that, a lot of pressure, right? Stop and think about this for a second. Basically, what Jesus is saying, and what's important for us to understand is this relationship between loving God and loving neighbor, and how important mm-hmm. that is. Um, and and you can look at it this way, based on what he just says there, and this is a challenge. You cannot love God without loving your neighbor. Yeah, you can't do one without the other. And you cannot love your neighbor without loving God. Right. You know, you can, you can, you can't write. Um, if you say you love God and yet you don't love your neighbor, you don't really truly love God because you don't understand the concept of love mm-hmm. as as a divine grace or uh, what flows freely from God. Because all love comes from God. And if you say you love your neighbor, but you hate God. Or claiming doesn't exist. How do you truly love your neighbor? Well, and I also think that the first part, the first commandment there, informs yeah how we're going to follow through on that second commandment. And and you know in terms of the first commandment of the ten commandments, you'd mentioned those is the law against idolatry, right? You have no false gods, yeah. uh, put no god before me. And you know traditionally the way in which charity is taught is that. We, we must love God first above all things and above all people, you know, similar to Christ saying, yeah, you know, if you don't love me more than your, 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 your spouse, your parents, your children, you know, you cannot be my disciple. Right. And he does, Jesus does say the first commandment. Right. Is this. And he could have stopped there and we all would have been happy. We would have been fine. Right. Right. But it wouldn't have been a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so here's the thing is, is that you begin, he begins there. Right. But then that means that when we love others, the challenge is loving them for God's sake. 
Because sometimes we can take, we as Catholics, we've all heard, you know, let's love others for their sake. And, and that is important, obviously. But that can also be twisted if it's taken out of the context. If it's just saying, like, we're just going to, like, look at the world in a vacuum of we're just material creatures yeah. bouncing about in this material world. And I see your needs and I'm going to define your needs based on my perceptions or based right. on what you tell me you need. Right. And then I'm going to love you for your sake. I'm going to set aside my needs so I can I can uh, be there for you with either what I think on my own is your need or what you tell me is your need. So that can become codependent, a, 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 a basis of for codependency between people, because if we're not if we're not putting God first and letting God define how we see people, how we love people, how we understand the good we can't serve a person's good without being grounded in the right. reality of who God is and who God is within us. Right. Yeah. I 100% agree uh, because God is the one who sets the standard for love. Yes. Right? Total self, a gift of self, right? And, and this whole idea of love, if you, um, I mean, again, I'll say it again, love, all love comes from God and flows through us. So if we don't understand that, that the love of God, the total self gift of one to the other, then we're not truly loving our neighbor. I mean, how many times have we heard this phrase? Uh, I've probably used it a bunch of times in my life. And, and it's, it's, again, this is going to be challenging to, uh, to some of the ones, folks who are listening right now. We've always heard it said like, well, God said I have to love my neighbor, but I don't have to like them, <laughs> right? I mean, how many times have we heard that? And I'm not, how many times have we said it? Well, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm counting myself in that. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't have enough hands. You said hands. that to me just earlier before the show. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yes. And I still feel that way, Sam. Even more so now. I don't know why. No, no, I, I don't have enough fingers on enough hands to be able to count the times I've said that. And the reality is there's a challenge there. And I get that it's hard to get along with certain people. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. This, is, this, this passage here is very convicting to me uh, personally like literally right now i'm going through a very difficult time uh with uh, a, a person in my life who you know you know i didn't know that i was uh you know things that i was saying or doing would have been taken in the wrong way and they were never intended that way and then like there's this sort of eruption. I mean, I, it was like it, it involves the bishop. It's a, it's just a big thing. And at the end, I remember talking to my bishop, you know, and and uh, and saying like, I don't know if I can ever forgive this person, and I don't think I ever want to talk to them again. And you know, our bishop is very wise, and uh, as as wise old bishops ought to be, right? <laughs> uh, there's a great wisdom in the church, and, and he said, uh, he said, now he almost gave me this like because it was a very emotional time, and he, and he gave me this like he put up both his hands like, whoa, hold on now, kind of like you do when a you know, buck and bronco or whatever, who you know? He didn't say whoa like the, like our Lord said. <laughs> no, no not, not one of those woes, right? No, uh, but basically he said, hey, before you start making plans for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's just start now. Well, let's just you know calm down, and then let's just talk about forgiveness. And 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 you know he didn't like lecture me a long time or whatever, and say like, well, the greatest commandment is this, and this one's like it. And if you don't do these things, you're going straight to Hades. You know, he didn't say that, but at the same time, it helped me to understand. He basically checked my emotions, and that's what I try to remember as I'm um, struggling in this relationship. And so I'm thinking about you know as we as we ponder this particular passage. Well, you know, 
I, I love God. I truly love God. I really feel like I truly love God, and yet I can't be in the same room with this other person. Mm. You know, and, and that's the difficulty, and that's where we're challenged uh, to really to let go of things that, um, well, basically are burdening us, that are, that are, you know, that are holding us back from loving God. And, and it means if I can't forgive or if I can't have a relationship with this other person, it means I can't have a relationship with God, and that's a challenge to me. Right. So, I mean, with God, something to, to think about. So, I mean, it sounds really uh, impossible when he says, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and be like, oh, man, but I also like hot dogs. What do I do? You know? Hmm. Um, <laughs> you just don't, don't love them quite as much. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But, but, with, but the, the way I think to understand it is, you know, if you divide infinity, you still get infinity. Right. And so God is just everything he does is with infinitude because it's just by his very nature. Right. And so when he pours himself upon us, each of us uh, personally, he's pouring all of his heart, all of his strength, all of his soul, uh, all of his mind. And for us, the question isn't whether or not God's pouring the infinitude of himself and his love upon us. The question is whether or not we are receiving his love and whether or not we are we're turning to him and we are letting him but 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 receiving his love not seeing ourselves as an endpoint of his love receiving his love because love seeks an object receiving his love so that he can transform us by his love and love through us right and so that becomes first of all it's a lot of times it's hard for us to just let ourselves be loved by god because we can look at ourselves and be like I don't know if I feel very lovable, right? right? Yeah, but I don't then, deserve it. I don't deserve it. Well, right? None of us do. But then, even if we let him and say, "Okay, fine, I'll let you love me," you know, and we let him love, then we want to stop, and we want to, we want, we want to be the end point of that love, and we don't want to really let him love through us, or we might let him love through us, but we want to sometimes be able to put up uh, blockage and saying, "Ah, but not here." Yeah, <laughs> and not in this way, and and finding those spots in our heart is at the core of those are our growth areas you know ultimately for 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 growing in love and they're always the hardest thing i mean that's kind of the they're very that's kind of the point and they're a lot of them are at the core of of there's there's sometimes there's interior woundedness that we might have from childhood that we didn't even realize was still with us i mean any number of things God desires to transform every single aspect of our life, including yeah. our deepest fears or deepest wounds, and there's nothing he's going to let, let be untouched. But if we say no, um, like I'll give you an example. I was uh, praying with a man who, was on, who had cancer, and he was, uh, he, just, he was a lapsed Catholic. He was born Catholic, and he left the church years ago, but he wanted to be prayed with, and he wanted Catholic prayer. And he was a friend of mine, and so he trusted me to kind of step into that space and pray with him. So I did, and I prayed with him. And we, my spiritual director, uh, Father Martel, um, had shared with me a practice that when you're praying with people and you know that they're navigating uh, trauma, that if they're baptized especially, that you can sometimes, if they start taking you back to that place, you can ask them, hold on, okay, you're here in this place, where is Jesus in this moment, right? And and that if you do that, that our Lord, you know, will work within a, a baptized soul to help them see where Jesus is in that moment. Well, he opened up to me while, you know, about uh, some just 
horrible things that happened to him as a child. You can imagine. I'm not going to go into to detail about it, you know. And he just started sharing that he has this core memory of locking himself in a in his bathroom as a child, like at age five, shutting the door um, and shutting out his family because that they were in, involved in this. And I asked him. I was, you know, I remember those words from Father Martel came to me and I said, well, where's Jesus in this moment? And he said, he is on the other side of that door. Yeah. And I said, well, do you think that means that Jesus wants to come into this moment? Will you let him into this moment? And he said, no, mm. I can't. Mm. And, and I said, I understand why you can't and why you feel that way. But if you know that Jesus is there on the other side of that door in this moment, um, that is actually worse than the, the cancer if you're not going to let him into this moment. And no one can do that for you. Only you can let him into this moment. You know? And he agreed. He understood. But he's like, I'm, I'm just not ready. Uh, I hope you know, he know, he's no longer with us. I hope he did eventually decide to let our Lord into this moment. He did receive last rites, thanks be to God. And, um, but that, for me, will never leave me, that yeah. moment, that memory. That's some really heavy stuff. And, and we walk through life with these burdens. Uh, and some of them... Um, you know, are are created by others around us, and some of them we create ourselves and don't even realize it. Uh, you know, it's really you. You mentioned something. Um, you you said you know growth areas. Now you're probably not going to talk about growth areas to a man who's dying of cancer, right? You just right. say, here's an opportunity you have. Right, you, right, you, right. You, you, I think we're going to nominate you for like uh, the head of HR at the Catholic Cafe. <laughs> you, growth areas. You know, I, I, I detect you have some opportunities here. You know, we don't. Uh, you very, the corporate right. speak is is a gift of yours, but but I will I will just say that uh, it's it but it keys on something very important. And again, going back to what you talked about with understanding our relationship with God, and if we see that as the primal um, experience of love, and then and then when we accept and receive that love, uh, then that spills into every other relationship in our life. And so if that's the case when it comes to love, well, that's also the case when it comes to forgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. When it comes to uh, those relationships that, that don't seem to heal, or you might think will never heal, or you don't want to heal. In all of those situations, really the burden is not on us unless we take it on ourselves. And we so often pile things onto our shoulders and we carry these burdens you know, uh, uh, through, through our lives like Jacob Marley, you know, and it's yeah. like we, 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 we create these, we forge these chains with counting boxes and all this stuff hanging off of this thing uh, that we've forged in life. And really, we don't have to do that because God is the one who uh, willingly in his definition of love his total gift of self is willing to be the one to do all the work in the forgiving. Mm -hmm. Right, that we if we rely on him, and as you stated to your to your friend, God rest his soul. Um, you know, I love the image of Jesus is on the other side of the door, and how often we, when we're locking out our friend, or our enemy, mm -hmm. or our problem, or our issue, or our burden, we're locking Jesus out. Right, if we're, mm -hmm. we're we're leaning against the door to make sure it's not going to get pushed open. Right, we've we've locked it. We've done all the things. Uh, and that's something that we need to stop, and and that's what I that's what challenges me. But at the same time, you know, I I think this show's been a little bit of a revelation to me because it's like, whoa, well, this really isn't my it's not my job to forgive the guy. Now, yes, it is in our human relationship, 
when I say it's not my job, it's not my burden. Mm. Because, like, you need to give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus and let God really carry that burden, carry Co- the heaven. cooperate with Jesus and right. cooperate with grace. Yeah, right. Because if I understand the the first commandment, because it says Jesus says the second is like it, mm-hmm. right? And He connects these two things. It's like it's almost like to say like, look, if you if you want to love me, or if you want to uh, me to forgive you, if you want to have that relationship with me. I'm, I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbor who you have this huge problem with, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not it's your fault. Right. Right? I mean, fault is something that belongs in a court of law. Right. Right? Not in the heart. And that's the hard thing that all of us, man, how many times have we We're gone through life? Justice. Yes, we are. And you know what? We deserve justice. And justice is this great virtue. And, and we seek justice and we want it. But sometimes we want it on our own accord, in our own way. And we want what we would define as justice. Mm-hmm. And if we're not in a right relationship with God, it necessarily means we're not going to be in right relationships with others. We're not going to truly understand even the virtues, right, of justice. We're not going to truly be able to understand what justice actually is mm-hmm. until we understand that relationship with God and we understand that relationship with our neighbor, right? When, when, when we're in that situation, well, then that everything changes. Mm-hmm. Well, and it can also be very hard. I mean, some of the folks listening to this show might say, okay, I get it, but it's still really hard to yeah. deal with this kind of stuff. And they might need, need to sit with it for a while. They might get frustrated because they might say, I want to forgive this person, but I don't know how. I don't know where to begin, and I'm just stuck. And I know that I'm stuck. And, and I'm, what I'm reminded of here is one of the best penances I ever received from a priest. Um, I was just having this day where I was frustrated with myself in every possible way, and I just did a, a confession where I just dumped a list of areas where I was frustrated with myself, and it was long. And uh, you know, he says at the end of it, he goes, "All right, I want you to go back through, go go to our Lord in the in the Eucharist. There was an Eucharistic adoration happening at the time. He said, I want you to go back to our Lord." I want you to go back through every single thing you just listed. I want you to name it again. But every single time you name it, I want you to look at our Lord in the Eucharist. And I want you to say, stay with me, Lord. Stay with me, Lord. Just like along the walk of, 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 Emmaus. Stay with, of Emmaus. Stay with me, Lord. And it was so profoundly healing to just name the reality of where I am and to just look at our Lord in the Eucharist and say, stay with me, Lord. And I've done that many times since, and it's had a transformative impact when I find myself in that same place of just struggle and frustration with myself and where I am. And I want to reiterate something else that you just said, you know, where uh, you mentioned with the man with cancer and then what you were just talking about, like where you're, you're, this is not easy. It's still going to be difficult uh, because we have an attachment Right, that may not leave us until you know purgatory, or right. right? I mean, we the, the, we have an attachment to, to these burdens that we that we put on ourselves or others put on us, and and we we don't want to let them go. But um, the the reality is, um, if we're inviting Jesus into this moment, um, then these attachments, it's it is going to be painful. And sometimes we do need to sit with it. I mean, we we cannot we, because we're human beings. We cannot divorce ourselves from our emotions, mm-hmm. right? We're going to have emotions, um, but we have to remember that emotions are a lot like a thermometer. They just tell you how hot or cold something is. They really don't have morals. They don't have um, uh, meaning beyond 
a reaction that is visceral, that is that essentially is just our body physically or, or, or our mind physically reacting to something, right? So emotions can, emotions can be valuable in that they can tell us to avoid this or uh, to be to move towards that. But really, it's like when you go outside and say, "Man, it's 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 really temperature out here." You wouldn't know what that meant, right? I mean, <laughs> right, it's, it's right. very temperature. We, we look at our thermometer all the time to see how hot or how cold because we know we're going to have a response to, like, it's going to be 100 degrees outside. You know, every once in a while in Memphis, we get some days, and it's like we know that's not the day that we're going to go work in the yard. Maybe Tom does, but most of us don't, right? And so our emotions can be helpful. Our reactions can be helpful, but they shouldn't become the burden and, and essentially to – um, uh, right to turn us into uh, you know marble statues, right? Locked into that emotion, right? And so that's why there is a natural time for things to to dissipate, to cool down, to calm down, and so it's okay to have these really really negative and visceral relaxations. And then what do you do it from a practical standpoint? What do you do with it? Remember what Jesus said, okay? And turn to Jesus and turn to turn to God and say. I don't know that I can do this on, on my own. On my own, I want to beat this guy to a pulp, mm-hmm. right? right? But Jesus is probably going to say, well, that's not good. Don't do that, <laughs> right? And so once – and I think that I think that like for me, for myself in this my situation, the more I talk to Jesus, the better off I am. Mm-hmm. The more so pray. And, yeah. I, and again, Tom, we've talked about this about going to confession. If we aren't haven't gone to confession in a while, we start feeling bad about ourselves. We yeah. start feeling shame and guilt and things like this. Well, then those are those are roadblocks. Those are those are actual um, uh, obstacles to grace, right? Yeah. And so we gotta we gotta get rid of those. We gotta talk to God, right? So have a relationship with Jesus where you can talk to Him and say, "I don't know that I can do this on my own." But I, I just promise you that the world is not in a place right now where it needs a, a lot more hotheads, where it needs a, a lot more people not talking to other people. I mean, there's war all over the world. There are disagreements. And even within the United States, there's terrible disagreements. And there's a lot of bigotry and hatred and, and division and all these things that are going on in the world. And the reality is most of it can be solved by talking to Jesus first and then, then talking to our neighbor, Right. My mother always said, count to three before you <laughs> respond to certain things. Mm-hmm. And there's wisdom in that, mm-hmm. right? So let's ask Mary to be with us as we, uh, as, we, as we try our best to live a life of grace. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.